0: All right, let's turn in your Bibles or your phones or whatever gadget you've got to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Verse 13. I love this passage because I've kicked the devil's butt numerous times over this. And uh, this this is what Philip was speaking about a little bit, but I'm going to give you some background to this so you can really understand what Jesus did for us on the cross, that it's done. It's not about us doing, it's about it's already been done. It is finished, Jesus said. It is finished. And so we've got to get hold of that because God wants us to enter in to all that He has done. It's not about us doing, it's about us just living and what He has done for us. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. When Jesus died on the cross, the cross is a tree. And he hung he on that cross and he broke the curse of the law. He broke the curse that came when sin came in. Way back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve messed up and sin came into their lives because they were deceived by the devil... And and the curse came on mankind. When When Jesus died on the cross, he took every curse of the law, everything that the enemy had tried to bring in to beat mankind up with, Jesus broke it. He became the curse for us so that we no longer carry the curse in us. Now, just that you could get happy on for a whole year or two or forever because Christ has redeemed us. That means he has rescued us from the curse. And that goes from everything. That goes sickness. That goes poverty. That goes lack. That goes deliverance from all evil. That goes curses of childbirth, ladies. Amen. Come on. Now, some of you have heard my story. I've had six babies. God was showing off with one of them. She was 4.3 kilos. That's 9.8 pounds in the old And I had her free from pain. I had all of them, all six, free from pain. Why? Because Jesus set us free from the curse of the law. It was broken. Anything you read of the curses, we have been set free from. Now that's something to get excited about. Amen. You can get happy on the inside and let it out. It's okay. Verse 15 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. The scripture in Galatians is talking about all the blessings that were given to Abraham. And I want us to turn back to Genesis chapter 15 so you get a real picture of what it means to be blessed. Philip talked about it before, but I'm going to give you some history. Because when you know the word and know what God has done for you, you can take it. You know, to receive in the Bible doesn't just mean like this. It means take it take it, appropriate it, put it into our life. You know, where you see one person that's been blessed, that's been set free, has been delivered, and they're walking in victory, it's not because God loves them more than he loves you. It's the fact that they have got hold of what is in here and what Jesus done on the cross and the curse that was broken, and they have taken it. I am no different from any other woman. I just took it. I took it, I got the word and I said, I'm set free from that curse. I can have babies with no pain. And the midwives would sit there and go, I've never seen a baby born like that before. Because I brought them forth with joy. Yes. Amen? Yes. And I used to quite often would have a room full of people watching me bringing forth with joy. So I'm not, it's just not me, my story. You now, Rebecca, she must have had I don't know, 10 people in the room when she came into the world. But it's because that's how we're meant to be. We're meant to be set free from the curse and live it. And it's already yours. It's already as. We just have to know what's being given and not listen to what the world screams at us. We're delivered from every evil. Before I get lost and get excited, let's go to Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. This is what the Lord said to Abraham. Abraham, he was called out of his people You know, they were sun worshippers, they were pagans, they didn't follow God and God spotted this man and knew he was different and he called him out of his people, he called him out of the religion he was in and said, you follow me. And he called him to go and follow him and Abram, he was brave enough to do it. And Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Now I want you to just listen to this because this correlates to the scripture I talked about in Galatians chapter 3, is that the Lord came to Abram and he changed his name to Abraham because he spoke a promise to him that his children and his descendants would be so, so many they'd be like the sand in the seashore and the stars in the heavens. And he said, I will multiply you and I will bless you and I will be with you. And so he, he spoke a promise to him. And Abraham, I loved, see Abraham got the gist of what we're talking about, is that he knew that God was a God of blessing. And he said, he said, you know, here's the God of the creator of the universe, appears to Abraham and said, you follow me. I am your exceedingly great reward. I will be your shield. And you know what Abram comes back and says? I'll read it to you. And he says, Lord God, what will you give me? His, he's been given this blessing and straight back because Abram had the understanding that he could come to God. And he says, all right, God, thank you for the blessing. Now, what will you give me? What will you give me? You see, God wants us to come with his word and say, God, you said you would bless me. And what will you give me? Not that we seek after the gifts, we seek after the giver, but he wants us to live blessed so that we in turn are able to be a blessing. And that's why it's so important that we're not these little poor church mice, that we're not beaten up, that we're not trod down, that we just don't scrape through life, that we rip raw through life. And the enemy tries to kick it out of us and he's got into the church and he has told a whole heap of stinky lies straight from the pit of hell that we have to be broken, that we have to be humble, that we have to be poor, that we have to be sick, blah, 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 blah. And he says that we, we are blessed. But the enemy tries to come in and tell a whole heap of lies. So we've got to understand what the word says about us, that we are blessed. And Abram got that. God says, I am your exceedingly great reward. And Abram says, good, what are you going to give me then? Are you bold enough to do that? Or is your religious thinking God in and go, oh, no, I can't ask. I can't ask. I can't ask for anything because maybe I'll be disappointed. Maybe God will see all my failings. Maybe he'll see all my weaknesses. Maybe he'll see all my sin. So if I don't ask, he might not notice. Come on now. Why don't we ask? Why don't we expect that God wants to bless us? He is looking for ways to pour out his blessing and his love and his goodness upon us. Because when you shine, sparkly, when you shine, you shine for him and you bring him glory. Amen. So he wants to bless his people because he knows when you've got it, you're going to shine for him. And people are going to go, I want what you're having. Amen. So Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 says, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. God... God is speaking a promise. Now, if you go back over to Galatians, just flick in your Bibles. Galatians chapter 3 again. Remember, this is what Abraham gave. God gave Abraham, all right, that blessing, that he would bless him, that he would multiply him, that he would be with him. And and this is what it says in chapter 3 and verse 26. Let me read it to you. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one. And Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All the promises that God gave Abraham, all those things that He said, I will multiply you, I will bless you, I will be your God. I am your exceedingly great reward. Think about that. That God said He is Abraham's exceedingly great reward. All that in Galatians, it says because of what Jesus has done for us, we get to get into those promises. And so every promise you see, every promise you see in the word, guess what? It's yours. It's ours. We don't have to wonder whether God is going to bless us, whether he wants to bless us. He's already said he's done it. It's ours. And when you ask Jesus into your life, you get grafted into that, that he desires he is looking for ways he is thinking up ways to bless each one of us but we just sit there and don't put any expectation on it we do not expect God to do anything or and if it happens it's like oh it's a bonus or we expect spiritual stuff and we it's okay to ask for spiritual blessing but not anything else now has anybody ever taken Jesus shopping I like taking Jesus shopping because because you know I come from a background where there was lack quite often and so I grew up not asking for anything and Jesus he takes me shopping you know he leads me to the most expensive aisles. Philip and I are renewing our vows but you're all invited to come along and and celebrate with us and I went to choose because we're doing the whole thing again because God is a God who just loves to have a party and He says, you should celebrate this. So we're doing the whole thing again. So I'm getting a new dress. So I go into the shop to choose the fabric and I'm like humming and hawing and can't find what I had in my head. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, walk along there. And that one over there is the one I want you to wear. And I'm like, right. I look at the price tag. That thing is the most expensive piece of fabric in the shop. And I'm like, Lord, oh and, you know and I'm like oh no oh no I can't do that anyway Anna's with me we unroll it and it's it's this spectacular piece of fabric and I hold it up to me and from here to my toes is exactly the right length it's like it was made for me exactly and I'm standing there in the Holy Spirit saying come on that's sh- that's the one and I'm like God you're not being very practical and he says yes I am I'm not you, and I'm like because I'm practical and I'm like Lord you are not being very practical this is the most expensive thing in the shop and he goes yeah I know but I'm blessing you buy it so I ring Philip and I say babe (laughs) babe yeah you get to see me in it (laughs) I say it's it's I found the fabric good all right this is how much it is and I hear this pause yep that's okay it's good doing your husband's got the blessing thing. Yeah, so, but it's like God chose it. God is not a skimpy God. He wants to shine. He wants to show off and he wants to show us off in the blessing. Yeah? He wants to bless us. We know we've talked about our trip to Europe and how Philip was complaining to God because we wanted to go into the castles and show the kids around. And we, we believe God every day around Europe for God just to provide for us. Literally and uh and we're like oh and we just went to the lord and said god we want to be able to do this i'll get an email from justin that night saying hey we want to bless you we're going to take you through the castle and take you out to lunch you see you can ask we just went to god we didn't ask man we asked god and god spoke and prompted somebody else to bless us because that's how the blessing works it just keeps on rolling along and you just get to get in and here it comes And then when you get blessed, then you can just roll it along. That's how it works. That's why God wants to bless his people because he knows the power of the blessing. It's like a domino effect. Amen? So Abraham, he said, you are blessed. I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield. And when we come to Jesus, Galatians says that we are sons of daughters of that promise. Everything you see in this book, that's why you get out and read it, is ass sealed with the blood of Jesus, paid, bought and paid for, it is finished, it is as, all you've got to do is you see it, God reveals it to you, you take it. You know, revelation brings transformation. We all need to get a revelation of what God has done for us. And when you get that revelation, little bit by little bit, when you sit and spend time with him, he's going to reveal stuff to you and that's going to transform your life. It can't get it off somebody else's revelation. You can get a hint, but you've got to get down there and go, God, show me. Don't be lazy. You know, we miss out on the blessings because we're too lazy to find out and dig in and find them for ourselves. If you knew there was a pot of gold under here and it was yours, if you dug it up, would you pull up the floorboards and get the thing? Who wouldn't? Come on now. If you knew buried in your backyard... Given to you, your property, there was a big treasure chest. Would you just leave it sitting in the backyard? No, you wouldn't. Well, guess what? This thing here is your treasure chest. Now dig into it, find out what God has given you and take it, receive it, grab hold of it and run with that stuff. Because that is your treasure. God is your treasure and he says, I am your exceedingly great reward. Reward, people. Reward. He is your reward and everything he is and everything he does and everything he represents is yours. Are you getting this this morning? I'm making myself happy anyway. Good job. Now, in Genesis chapter 26, is a story about Abraham's son, Isaac. The blessings followed his descendants. So the blessing upon Abraham, the blessing upon Isaac, the blessing on Jacob, and it follows down to Christ and it follows through to us. But Isaac he was a bit of a cool dude. And uh, he he followed, if you look at the story of Isaac, you read Genesis chapter 20 and 21, and then up to 26, you see that Isaac followed the pattern of his father, Abraham. Even some of the mistakes Abraham made, Isaac did the same thing to one point. You know, Abraham, he had a beautiful wife, Sarah, and he pretended she was his sister which he, she sort of was um to, so he wouldn't get hassled by the king of the land and uh you know what isaac did the same thing he went into that same land and he had a beautiful wife named rebecca and he told the, uh, um the king's men no no she's my sister because he's fighting they're going to kill him to get the girl and he did the same thing he made the same mistakes Abraham dug some wells. Now well, water, if you've ever seen a picture of Israel, you'll know that water is like you have to have the stuff and you have to have it for your sheep and goats and all the stuff. And Abraham, he got hassled out by the people, the Philistines of the land, and so they dug, they dug, they filled in his wells with sand. They're a bit not very nice people. And so he had to move on and he fought with them and argued with them and then just moved on. Isaac comes along to the same place. And he digs his wells and the other, the other Philistine guys come along and complain. And they say, oh, you know, we want your wells. And Isaac goes, okay, I'll move along. So he goes along the next spot and he digs a well. And the shepherds from the king come and they complain and they take his wells off him again. And you're thinking, God, you know, he's got the blessing on him. What's his problem? You know, he's having issues with these wells, the same thing as his father comes along. You know what Isaac does? He goes, you know what? I'm just going to go over here, I'll move to a different place, further away, I'm going to dig some more wells, and I'm, going to, and I'm going to just keep on moving on. Isaac is a good example of somebody who understands the blessing, that no matter what, no matter what opposition, no matter what hassle, if you know you've got the blessing, you don't have to quarrel with somebody who's giving you a hard time, you don't have to throw up your hands and go, God, what are you doing? You know, that was his finance. That was his livelihood. That was his hard work. And somebody who kept on coming and taking it off him. He knew, though, that he just, all right, God, I'm going to move over here and try again. Isaac knew he had the blessing. So, one, he didn't give up. Two, he didn't waste time quivelling and quarreling with people. And three, he broke through. Where his father Abraham had just got upset with the, with the men who'd come and dug up his wells, Isaac broke through. There's three points I want to say there quickly. There's one, he didn't give up. When you have opposition, when you have things come against you, when you know that you're blessed, keep going. Don't give up because you will break through. Amen? Number two, he knew he had the blessing and he just didn't didn't get into all the quarreling. When you get into strife and stressing and doing things your way, you get outside of the blessing. Let God fight your battle for you. He said, I am your shield. Let God do the battle. Don't you get in there? And I have to restrain myself because I'm like, you poke the mama bear and I come at you. Ask my kids. I'm scary. I try not to. <laughs> I have to they're like, Mom, you're not gonna go in. I actually asked them now. I say, Beck, do you want me to go in? <laughs> and she'll go, No, Mom, you're not going and I'm like just let me loose I said to Philip <laughs> I said to Philip he's having a hard day at work and I said do you want to release the Dale factor <laughs> I may be little but hang on a minute watch out I'm feisty <laughs> and uh, I'm not bad tempered I'm just feisty amen never <laughs> lose my temper I just a very direct and I'll say you know just hang on a minute I've learned that it's your fault yeah, but but it's like he didn't have. You don't have to. You don't have to get into into the world's way of doing things. God sometimes He'll call you to stand up, and that's when I release the Dale factor because it's really the Jesus factor. But He tells you to stand up, but wait for Him to do that. Isaac didn't give up but he also was listening and he knew the power of the blessing that he didn't have to quarrel with those guys coming to cause him trouble. He didn't have to get into the world's way of doing things. Why? Because he knew that he would break through and the blessing was his. So he goes along to the next well and he breaks through a generational thing where Abraham had not been able to break through. Isaac understood the blessing even more that he just kept on going. He did not give up. He didn't get into quarrying because he understood the blessing. Regardless of what may have happened to your father or your parents or in your generational line, if you understand the blessing on your life, don't give up. Just keep on going. Don't get into the world's way of doing things. Stay in God's way and you will break through whatever generational rubbish has been before. Isn't it cool how you can just learn a lot from a couple of verses in the Bible? Isaac he understood the blessing and the blessing worked for him he just had to know how to operate in it operate in the way of the blessing not of the world and you will break through and you will be blessed something to think about I skipped way ahead of my notes here we go Isaac had two sons I'm going to walk you through a little bit of history. So there was Abraham. Then there was Isaac. Then Isaac had two sons. They were named Esau and Jacob. And you'll find the story about them in Genesis. And uh, they they were twins. And Esau was born born first. And he was known as a man after the flesh. He had fleshy appetites. I'll let you think what that might mean. Um, He did what felt good. He married out of his people he liked this girl over here. She didn't believe the same things as them. She wasn't born up in the same value system, but he liked how she looked. So he married her. Then he married somebody else and somebody else. I think he actually had five wives in the end. But uh, he, he was somebody who just grabbed what felt good. And he was actually written down in the word in the Bible. You'll see that he was somebody who was of the flesh, whereas we're meant to be people of the spirit. Okay? So he... He didn't value the blessing on his life. He was the firstborn. And because he was a firstborn, he was meant to receive a special blessing on top of the blessing that had already been given. And he didn't value it. He did not value it so much that Isaac, you know, he'd given them this. And Jacob comes along as brother and he goes, oh, he knew his brother. You know, you know your siblings, don't you? You know the weak points? Come on, be honest. You know the button to push, don't you? You two know the buttons to push, but it's like, and she does. She knows the button to push over there looking innocent. But it's like, you know the button to push with your siblings, all right? Now, Jacob knows that Esau likes a good feed. And so he comes along as a twin brother and he goes, he's cooking up a meal and, and Esau had been out hunting all day and he was hungry and he's this hairy big bloke. And he comes in and, and he's hungry. And Jacob's sitting there just cooking away, looking at him, and, and he goes, Oh, give me some of your meal. And Jacob goes, well, what do you give me? And he goes, I'll give you anything. And he says, well, you give me your blessing. And Esau goes, yep, just give me some food. And he goes, you'll give me the blessing. And He goes, yeah, yeah, give me the food. So he ate it. And Jacob goes, all right then. Now, it wasn't a very nice thing to Jacob to do, but he was a bit sneaky. But he knew the value of the blessing. Esau, he went for instant gratification. And he missed out. And he's known as somebody who goes after the flesh. How often? You might think, oh, that's really stupid. Esau gave up something that God had given him and a generational thing that his descendants will be blessed. But how often are we like Esau? We're too quick to give up on the things of the spirit. We're too quick to get, throw up our hands and have a little pity party when God has said, you are blessed. But we want instant. We want instant gratification. We want to be able to see it, taste it, feel it right now. And we sometimes can be just like Esau. We were like, oh, we'll just go off and do it this way. We'll just do it man's way. We'll just do it the easy way. It It looks like it's good. It looks like it's going to happen this way, so we'll do it this way. Even if it goes directly against what God has said, the way the blessing is. So too often we can fall into the trap of Esau and miss out walking and living in the blessing that God has given because we're just like him. We gratify our flesh rather than waiting in the spirit. You've got to learn how to operate in the blessing. Don't be like Esau where instead of waiting for the Lord's timing, we run ahead of him and get what we want right now rather than knowing that God has blessed us and he will do it for us in his time. Now, you could just go, oh, well, I never do that. Well, would you wait for the one who God has picked out for you? Or do you run after the hottest thing on two legs? Or will you wait? Even when you can see that they're not maybe the best one for you, will you wait, trusting that you are blessed and God has picked the one for you? Will you chase after the job, even when you get a check and go, you know what, it might look good, but it's not, you know, it might look good, but you get this check in your spirit. You go, hang on, don't go there. And it like, looks all sparkly and, oh, it's going to be great. And yet you get this, oh, this, I'm not comfortable. Well, you just go or you wait on the Lord's timing. See, we can too often be just like Esau. Watch out for it because God has the blessing in mind, but he has a way to get it to us. Esau was later tricked out of his father Isaac blessing him They would lay hands on, just before they would die, they would lay hands on their firstborn son and bless them. And if you read Genesis, you'll see that Esau actually, because he did not value the blessing, he valued the things of the flesh more. He missed out, and he missed out on it. How am I going for time, dear? Quarter to 12. Quarter to 12 already. You preached too long. You went to wait. (laughs) 40 minutes. All right, I'll fast track. Jacob goes along and he, because and he, he, Esau missed out on, on the blessing, Jacob has to flee for his life. So he runs off to sit, visit his uncle Laban. On the way, God appears to him. And this is where we need to get the revelation for ourselves. It's like Shara's song that she song this, sang this morning. Don't let me tell you. I can point you in the right direction, but you get the revelation so, Jacob, he'd been given the blessing by his father, but he's lying out there in the middle of nowhere. He had to flee from his brother, who was this big, tough man who was about to kill him for nicking off. We'd suddenly realize what Jacob had done, and God meets him. And if you've ever heard of Jacob's ladder, it's not the thing you try to inflict pain on yourself up in the city. It's actually Jacob's ladder is a vision that Jacob saw then of heaven. And of, of the father standing at the top of a uh, top in heaven and stairway with angels going up and down those stairs. If anybody's been Jacob's ladder, just say, "Oh Lord, is there any angels running up and down those stairs?" But it's like that is Jacob's ladder. It was a stairway up to heaven, and. You know why it was so important that Jacob saw that then? Because it was his revelation and God spoke to him and said, I am with you just as I have been with your father and your grandfather, Abraham and Isaac, I will be with you and you have the blessing on you. He he was grabbing and knew the value of the blessing, but it hadn't really been revealed to him. You've got to get that revelation for yourself, not just hear us talk about it, but dig in and get that treasure and pull it out for yourself so you have the revelation of what the blessing is and what it means for you because God wants to reveal it to you because he knows when you get it, just like Jacob had that revelation sitting there in the middle of the wilderness, scared witless that God was with him. God wants to show you the same thing. You can't go on somebody else's revelation. You've got to dig into it, dig into God and get it for yourself because then you will be changed. Our job is to point you in the direction. Our job is to inspire you that God is a good God. Our job is to speak the truth. Your job is to dig into it and get it and take it. I can talk through it, you know, a month to Sundays, but if you never bother to dig into the Word of God and dig into relationship with Him, you're just going to hear it every week but not see it in your life. And I want to see you blessed. I want to see you shine. I want to see you soar on wings like eagles. I want to see you be all that you are planned and purposed by God to be. But you've got to get the revelation because when you get the revelation, it will bring transformation. Amen. So don't be lazy. Don't just sit there and go, oh, well, I'm blessed. If I'm really blessed, it's going to happen. You've got to take it. You are healed. Take it. You are successful. You're a prosperous. Everything you put your hand to, the Lord says will succeed. If you're not seeing that, then dig into the treasure of God's word and stand on it. And stand on it. And stand on it. And keep on and keep at it until you see the breakthrough. Philip, you heard he had a pinched nerve in his neck for six weeks. That man, he is a tough dude. <laughs> He just stood, oh, wake up in the middle of the night and he would be marching around the lounge room because he couldn't lie down, he could not sit down. And his only thing they were saying, was, oh, you'll have to have surgery. So nobody's getting near me with the knife. And so he would march around the lounge with the promises of God, with some sermons that he was listening to from other places about healing. And he dug until he got the breakthrough and then bang, it happened. That's what we've got to do. Well, if you have financial lack, if you, have that you know that God says you're blessed but you're not seeing it in your own life, then get up. Get into the Word. Find out what God says about your finances. Find out what He says about sicknesses. Find out what He says about healing and relationships and any other needs you have, deliverance from evil, and dig into the Word and pull that stuff out and take it for yourself. If you don't, you're just going to see your neighbour blessed and you will not walk in that blessing. You've got it already. It's been given, it's been bought and paid for and we're just too lazy to grab hold of it for ourselves. Amen? You're nodding at me. That means you're going to do it. Come on now. We are victorious, mighty men and women of God. Act like it. We've got to act like it. We've got to walk in it. We've got to know how to walk in the blessing. Because when you've got it, when sickness comes, when disaster comes, because, you know, it says a weapon will be formed against you. But the Bible says it will not prosper. It doesn't mean there's no weapons formed against you. It actually says no weapon formed against you. That means there's artillery formed against you. You've got to know how to walk in the blessing so that you can extinguish every fiery arrow that comes at you, that you can stand on the devil's head and say, you're done, sucker. Yeah? But you've got to know who you are and what God has done for you. I am winding up. You're looking at your watch. So, what does it mean for us? It means that every blessing and promise in the Bible and the covenant, the promise, is as. It's as because it is of the promise. That He is our exceedingly great reward. Philip spoke about do versus done it's not about what we do it's about what's already been done for us so what are you focusing on what are you focusing on are you focusing on i've got to do all this stuff i'm going to focus on being more obedient i've got to be more of a good person for god to bless me i've got to read my bible more i've got to pray more i've got to do this do this do this do this, do 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 it's a load of doo doo, Philip says. But it's like we fall into that trap because that is religion. Religion is all about you do this. Do, 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 do. That's Old Testament. Just as Philip said, it's already been done. It's done, it's done, it's done. All we've got to do is just build our house on that stuff. Jesus said there's two types of people there's those who build their house or their life on solid rock on what Jesus has already done and those who build it on sand where they do it their way now you can do it your way God will freely let you do he's given you free will to do what you want he will not stick a chain around you and drag you to the blessing he just says that's that way and this is my way which way are you going to walk you're free every second, every day to walk in the blessing, to build your house on the rock. When he says, seek me for your first, my kingdom and my way of doing things, it's not about what we do. It's just saying, if you do it this way, I'm going to add all these things to you. If you get into the world's way, you're going to struggle and toil. Toil, toil, toil. So what are you going to do? You're going to do the do or you're going to do I'm I'm hanging in the done side. Turn your thoughts to him. Don't waste your time. Imagine if we didn't waste all our time on things that he's already said he's he's taken care of. Imagine how your day would look if you just trusted that he's got it all, that he'll provide for your needs, that he provides for your healing that he provides for your finances, that your kids are going to be okay, that your friends are going to be okay, that their study is going to be all right. Jade, come here. You're going to share for a second. Because this is what happens when we get into just trusting God. Come, come, come. She shared with me, so I'm going to pull her up and then we're going to finish. Now, Jade came to the prayer meeting how long ago? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it's weeks ago. Stressing do, 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 what am I going to do? I think she said, what am I going to do? I'm going to fail this. She had a unit or an assignment that she was stressing big time about. And we just, we called her Jade Sparkle because she's sparkly in Jesus' crown, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and we, we said, Jade, you're going to be okay. You stress about every assignment and, and you're always okay because you've got this. Now, Jade, what happened? Okay, in all... In all <laughs> no, okay. Uh, so, I handed in the assignment uh, and I didn't think I was finish it in time. And I handed it in, t- in time. I was stressing and I was like, do I get an extension? Do I do this? Do I talk to the unit coordinator? What do I do? Yes, I did do that. Um, and then I got my results back this week and I got a distinction. So, well yeah. See... Failed it. 40% failed and here's Jane sparkling and she got it as, because that's a blessing. If we just get into the blessing and understand that God is with us, you think clearer. Yeah. You have more confidence and God works things out. It doesn't mean we can sit back and do nothing. It just means that what we do, God is with us and blesses us. Amen? If we understand that, we're going to have so much more time to do what God asks of us. Because he says, I want to bless you. I want you to walk in that blessing. I've done it already for you. If you just walk in it, then you're going to have more time to do what I've asked you to do, which is love people, reach out to people, take time with people, pray with people. You know, we're supposed to be those people that when they see, we, we have time and space in our, in our capacity. When we see somebody and you hear their story, you go, you know what? Let me tell you about Jesus. But we're so busy, stressed and rushing around that we miss the opportunities that God has planned for us to share our faith and to share our relationship because we're so bogged down with doing. Understand that the blessing when it's in full operation and you're moving and living and breathing in it, that God has this ease that comes across you. Because you don't have to do it. Everybody else does it for you. Like Philip said, if somebody went into bat for him, he said nothing about his wage and his payout. Somebody just went and did it for him because the blessing is on him and it goes ahead of you and it overruns you and favor comes your way. And it goes in front of you. That's the power of the blessing. So get into God's word. Dig into it. Find, you know, there's blessing upon blessing upon blessing in there. And they are as. Every blessing that was given to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is as. Every blessing, it says you're seated in heavenly places, it says in Ephesians. It's as. Don't be lazy, understand who you are and what God has given and then take it and then spread it around because that's what the world needs. They need to know that God is not a miserly God. He's not this God that sits back and lets bad things happen. We have everything and every resource we need to turn this world upside down. You've got to get hold of the blessing so you can spread it around. Amen? Let's do it, eh? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the blessing that is on each one of us. Lord, we receive that afresh, that revelation this morning, that we are blessed, that you have done everything for us, that we are delivered, that we are set free, that we are healed, that we are made right before you, that we can come boldly to your throne and ask. That doesn't have to be all super spiritual, that we can ask. Your word says, Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, Lord, Let us be real about what's in our heart and to know that we are blessed. Lord, I pray every need met, I pray a release of the blessing over finances in this place, over bodies in this place, over relationships in this place, the release of the blessing and that we will take hold of it and live in it and walk in it and expect it and that we will turn this world upside down. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.